0: Welcome back, ladies, to The Feminine Domain. This is Episode 7. And before we get into things today, I did want to let you all know about our upcoming conference entitled A Call to Build that's being put on by Dominion Press. It's a three-day conference in February, February 8th, 9th, and 10th. Um, That's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, So it will start the Thursday night at 7 p.m. Doors open at 6 Friday, it's an all-day affair, 9 a.m. till 6.30. And then Saturday, um, 9 a.m. to 12.30, just to the lunch hour. So there are going to be five main sessions. We have um, some amazing guest speakers for these. We have Pastor Aaron Rock coming, Pastor Nate Wright, Pastor Jacob Rayome. And then we have two of Hill City's own, Pastor Ben Inglis and my husband, Pastor Alex Klusterman. Um, So those are the main sessions But in as much as it um, concerns the ladies specifically, there are going to be six breakout sessions at the conference. they are going to be 45 minutes long, so a 20 minute teaching followed by a 25 minute Q&A panel. And so these will cover topics such as evangelism, education, economics, King Alfred. He was quite the builder. Um, So, I'm looking forward to that one. But there are two that are going to be specifically geared towards women. Um, And I'll be doing one of those that will be titled Building the Feminine Domain. Um, And then there'll also be another one for women called Building Through Brokenness by another lady in our church. Um, So, just wanted to let you know about that and actually to ask for some help from you guys, or you ladies rather. So for the Q&A, the the theme of this podcast that I'm trying to do weekly is the Feminine Domain. And so since I'm going to be speaking on building the Feminine Domain, um, I wondered if some of you might be willing and able to send in some questions um, that I could actually tackle during the Q&A portion of, of the time that I'm allotted at the conference. We are trying to have audio and video of the conference. Um, So hopefully that will be accessible to you, even if you send in questions from other parts of Canada and you're unable to attend the conference in person, we are going to try and get the content of the main sessions for sure, as well as the breakouts um, to be available for people. So send your questions my way. If you've listened to a podcast on homemaking that I've given and it made some questions come up in your mind or even... Any of the other ones, the one I did last week on Catherine Parr, any questions that you have, um, you can send to R for Rebecca, L as in lion, and then my last name, Klusterman, K-L-O-O-S-T-E-R-M-A-N, R-L-Kluisterman at gmail.com. Send your questions my way and I can prepare to answer those um, thoroughly and from the scriptures. Um, my husband's really good at answering questions on the fly. Um He's really good on Q&A panels, but I find I need a little bit more time to really think through um, my responses. So you ladies can be a blessing and a help to me in that regard by sending your questions in. Okay, so with that intro, we are just going to go right into today's topic. I wanted to speak to you ladies today a little bit um, about how we deal with our anxieties, Um, you know, the sufferings that we face, the hard things and the emotions that go along with them, um, specifically anxiety, worry, fear. So the theme of today, the title of today's podcast is Casting Our Cares on Christ. So in Luke 21, 34, Jesus says that we are to watch ourselves, lest our hearts be weighed down with the cares of this life. And that phrase, cares of this life, um, is listed right after drunkenness and dissipation, which is sensual indulgence, wasteful consumption, intemperance. So, cares of this life. We tend to think of anxiety not so much as a sin to be repented of, but we think of it as something we can't really help. But it's just worth noting at the outset that in Luke twenty one, thirty four, it's listed right after specific sins. So then in Peter 1st Peter 5 verse 6 we read, cast your anxieties on God because He cares for us. And I don't know if, if you're anything like me, I found myself asking in, in times of great anxiety, in times of trial, um, where the cares are weighing heavy on me, what even is this casting? What do I do? It sounds nice. Cast your anxieties on God because he cares for you. But how do I do that practically? What does this mean? Um, so today I just want to give you four, um, four points that hopefully will stick with you um, of what this casting actually is. Okay, So number one is humility. Number two, surrender. Number three acceptance, and number four, obedience. Okay, so let's let's start with humility, number one. Um, if we go back to the verse I referenced, 1 Peter 5, I referenced that just now, verses five and six give us the context for casting our cares on Christ, okay? It says in verse five, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. And then here it is, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. So we see here that a humble attitude is the prerequisite to casting our cares on God. And don't we see this in our everyday lives? When we're anxious and fretful, we are pridefully believing that we can do God's job for Him. I remember hearing Nancy Wilson say that once on a podcast, that when we are stewing and fretting in our anxiety, it's because we're trying to do God's job for Him. Right? We think that our fussing and our striving is going to somehow fix things, but it won't. It actually makes things worse. And we find ourselves grasping at and holding on to our cares rather than handing them over to God. Okay, so this casting our cares on Christ begins with humility and, and very practically, um, something I found helpful is having a humble posture of prayer. Um, When I feel that anxiety welling up within me, when the anxious thoughts start to swirl in my mind, I open my hands, physically open them right where I am. And I pray that the Lord would help me to accept what he's giving. And I offer to him my worries, right? Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Okay. So every trial that we face in everything, By prayer and petition, present your requests to God, right? And one other thing I'll say here on humility is that to be truly humble means that we acknowledge our sin, okay? And in trying circumstances, difficult circumstances, this is often really, really hard to do. I know I find it so easy, um, just in hard circumstances to blame either my situation or to blame the sins of other people rather than looking at myself. But I think Thomas Watson put it well when he said, there is more evil in a drop of sin than in a sea of affliction. I don't often live like that. But the reality is that I need to be more concerned with repenting of my sin and avoiding it in the first place than I am with avoiding suffering or maintaining my personal comforts. Listen to how um, a guy named Leighton puts it. A little sin will shake your trust and disturb your peace more than the greatest sufferings. Yea, in those sufferings, your assurance and joy in God will grow and abound most if sin be kept out. So much as sin gets in, Peace will go out. How often though do I try to keep my sufferings out? And in so doing, I let in so many of my little pet sins and justify them in my mind, right? Because of the suffering I'm experiencing. But no, the beginning of casting our cares on Christ is humility, okay? Which goes hand in hand with repentance. Okay, so that's point one. Point two in casting our anxieties on Christ is surrender, okay? I'm just gonna find my... Yep, here we are. So, when we surrender, we give up our rights to ourselves. We give up our right to our own way. Surrender means relinquishing control. But this kind of relinquishment is not possible without hope. So I actually have here point two is surrender, but I have it hope-filled surrender, okay? So there's an adjective with this one. This is the only one that has an adjective. Hope-filled surrender, okay? Without the ability to hope, to see beyond the immediate trial or suffering to the expectation of a good outcome, surrender is impossible, okay? But ladies, for us who are in Christ, we have this kind of hope of a positive resolution. We have the certainty of a happy ending where all the sad things come untrue. Not always immediately, right? Not instantly, but always and certainly in eternity. Okay, listen to how one person puts it. H. Bushnell, I'm going to read you a quote here. God understands his own plan and knows what you need, what you want, a great deal better than you do. What you call hindrances, obstacles, discouragements are probably God's opportunities. Bring down your soul, or rather, bring it up to receive God's will and to do his work in your lot, in your sphere under your cloud of obscurity, against your temptations. And then you shall find that your condition is never opposed to your good, but really consistent with it. And this this echoes Romans 8.28, right? That all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose, right? This is the hope that Christians have. And We need to be women who allow this unshakable hope to inspire in us an attitude of complete surrender to the will of God, lying still under his hand. I think of the prayer of Elizabeth Elliot, here I am, all of me, forever. That is the kind of surrender that allows us to really cast our cares on on God. That's what That's what casting looks like. And this kind of surrender is possible for Christians because of our unshakable hope. Okay. So point one, humility. Point two, hope-filled surrender. Point three is acceptance. Okay. Kind of goes hand in hand with surrender. But we have to be women who accept what God has allowed accept and trust that he is in control, not us. You know what what is it what is the thing that you've been arguing with God over and clenching your teeth at? We have to accept what God is laying on us. J.R. Miller puts it this way. How can you live sweetly amid the vexatious things, the irritating things? The multitude of little worries and frets which lie all along your way, and which you cannot evade. You cannot, at present, change your surroundings. Whatever kind of life you are to live, must be lived amid precisely the experiences in which you are now moving. Here, you must win your victories or suffer your defeats. No restlessness or discontent can change your lot. Others may have other circumstances surrounding them, but here are yours. You had better make up your mind to accept what you cannot alter. You can live a beautiful life in the midst of your present circumstances. Okay, so point one, humility. Point two, hope-filled surrender. And point three, so well articulated there by J.R. Miller, acceptance. Elizabeth Elliot always talks about um, Amy Carmichael and her saying, "In acceptance lieth peace. We have to accept what God has allowed." Okay. And then lastly, point four, How do we cast our cares on Christ? We do this through obedience to him. In Matthew 16:24, Jesus tells his disciples, "If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Again, Elizabeth Elliot has helped me tremendously in this regard, enabling me to see that the Christian life is about daily and continually taking up those small or sometimes large duties that seem distasteful to me, um, seem impossible to bear. And we Christians can tend to over spiritualize things can't we especially when we are laid down with many cares many sorrows it can be so easy to curl up in fetal position and say well I'm just waiting on the Lord you know I'm not going to do anything I'm just going to wait on the Lord and it sounds spiritual but Elizabeth Elliot once said to wait on God means doing what he's given me to do. It means being his waiter. It's an active thing. And that just rocked my world. It's like, oh, waiting on God doesn't mean I need everybody to go away and leave me alone so that I can have the space and the time and the solitude and all the things I think I need. That is profoundly unspiritual, right? To be demanding my own way and Putting spiritual language on top of it. Um, To wait on the Lord means being his waiter, doing what he has called me to do. It is an active obedience issue, right? And ladies, it is always possible. Whatever situation you find yourself in, it is always possible to do the will of God. Whatever the circumstance, whatever the trial whatever the suffering okay we can open our hands and our hearts to him in humility in surrender in acceptance and in obedience we do not have to let sin reign because of what christ did on the cross and because of our new life in him we can say no to our sinful responses to our circumstances isn't that just glorious So I'm going to close now with a 17th century quote from a man named Fenelon. Okay, and this is what he says. Accustom yourself to unreasonableness and injustice. Abide in peace in the presence of God who sees all these evils more clearly than you do and who permits them. Be content with doing with calmness the little that depends on yourself and let all else be to you as if it were not. So that's all I had today, ladies, and I will be praying for you as I pray for myself um, that the Lord would help us to cast our anxieties on him because he cares for us. Next week, we're going to switch things up a little bit. Um, I have two guests joining me, God willing, provided that we're all able to make it. And we're going to be doing a little chat about um, Christmas. So hopefully you guys will enjoy that. But until next time, may you fix your eyes on Christ and trust him with your whole heart. God bless you, ladies.